Welcome to Mentoring Monday on the in the leadership uh, Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. Sorry, I'm just getting my computer sorted out here. It decided to shut down just as I pressed the live button. <laughs> so that's the fun and joys of technology and sitting here. Um, in Pennsylvania, Mount Joy, Pennsylvania, USA. As you can hear, for those of you that have never been here before and on this, um, on my live broadcast, my accent is non-American. As you can hear, I'm actually from South Africa, from a place called Cape Town, South Africa, right at the bottom of the African continent. And no, Africa is not a small place, it's a huge continent. As you may have realized uh, lately with some of the images that have been going around on Facebook <clears throat> posts, etc. So that is who I am, Sean Smith, your host here in the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. And uh, again, if you're here for the first time, I see I have somebody visiting and uh, it's great to have you with me. Um, the thing about uh, the focus here is kingdom leadership equipping. So that's equipping leadership in a kingdom mindset. You can actually go to uh, kingdomleadershipequipping.com to the um, uh, blog on the website. And I just did a blog yesterday about that. So how and why and uh, just give you a little bit more information into equipping leaders in a kingdom mindset and why. So... That is what we're talking about a little bit today. The leaders tests and trials. I wanted to bring out just something because the focus, of course, is today is Mentoring Monday. Mentoring Monday is for leaders and the leaders who are wanting to, who are walking and living out in a kingdom mindset, leading in a kingdom mindset. We need leaders today. We have a crisis of leadership in the earth. There is a desperate need for leaders in the church. I'm not talking about more preachers. I'm not talking about more politicians. I'm not talking about more celebrities. I'm not talking about more televangelists. I'm not talking about, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about real leaders. I'm talking about people that know how to inspire people, that know how to impart a value, a belief system, that know how to bring people into their full potential and into their um, empowerment, to empower people, which means to raise them and release them into them being the ministers. That's what uh, Ephesians chapter four talks about, is that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are actually there for the equipping of the saints, not for their ministry, but for the equipping of the saints. Their ministry is the equipping of the saints. And the equipping of the saints is for the saints to do the work of the ministry, not to show how great they are, not to show how wonderful they are, not to show how, how what great orators they are, but for equipping of the saints. If you're going to claim yourself to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, that is a gifting. That's not an office. That's not a position. It's not a title. <clears throat> you know, all the time I'm seeing apostle, do dad, uh, sister, prophet, I mean, prophet, sister, and so and so, is we've got to do away with all the titles. And because apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are doma gifts, which means it's a grace gifting that God has made you to be to the body of Christ for the equipping of the body of Christ, so the body of Christ can do 
the, um, the work of the ministry so the body of Christ can grow up into the full stature and the measure of Christ. If that's not your objective, then you are not a leader. Then you're not a gifting. You are, you are an ambitious person looking for your own posturing, your own position. The kingdom of God is not about ambition. The kingdom of God is not a career. The kingdom of God is not about uh, positions and titles. That was exactly what Jesus counted all the time when he spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes um, and the lawyers of the law. So we need to understand and just get that mindset. And I, I will keep reminding you of that mindset because we, you know, we have a group here of kingdom called, called the Kingdom Leadership Equipping. And most people, most people that join the group, of course, are looking for the silver bullet on how to become a leader. In fact, how to become a boss, how to be more effective in actually leading and having people follow them. Leadership in the kingdom is not about followership. Leadership in the kingdom is about servitude. It's about giving. It's about having purpose and serving your purpose to the world. That's what it's about. Jesus revealed that in John chapter 13. He said, if I've washed your feet, we, we've make a religion. Religion goes immediately and says, well, we've got to copycat that and make foot washing the, the, the focus. And, you know, I thank God there are brothers that do it. They do it as a ministry. But the focal point is not that. That was the point. The point is um, to bring, in fact, servanthood. I'm hoping to get somebody on on um, on an interview that will actually uh, bring that out a little better. Anyway, but um, what Jesus said was, if I'm prepared to do this for you, you need to do it for each other. This is, you know, this is your leadership is washing people's feet. It's not about foot washing. It's about serving people where they are and they're not able to do anything for you. <laughs> That's what it is. It's helping empower them. That's what kingdom leadership is about. Kingdom leadership is so much more than making money, so much more than building a business, so much more than the profit line, uh, than projects, than becoming famous. Kingdom leadership is about bringing transformation to the world. So that's what you know we need to understand. So anyway, I've jumped on that bandwagon because I think it, it, it bears reminding over and over again is that the, the contrast between the world's way of leading, religion's way of being a leader, and the kingdom way of being a leader. What did Jesus teach, model, show, uh, you know, the transformation he brought through his leadership? You and I are the result of that. When people, men build their legacy, or women or leaders try and build a legacy in religion. They try and build a name for themselves. Jesus knew that it was about the next generation. And he inherited a name because he's king. And <laughs> he said, you just go and, and make disciples of all the nations. Making disciples, huge. You can go back a little bit into uh, the podcast and you can find um, on the podcast, I did an episode, the KLE podcast with Sean Smith. We're, we're doing this um, live on the podcast as well. And so on the podcast, I actually did what is discipleship? What is making, what, is it, what does it mean to make disciples? Because there, is a, there needs to come some understanding because that is foundationally our first principle. That's what we need to do. Okay, let's get on to the leaders' tests and trials. A scripture that really spoke to me 
um, since yesterday, I was, I was, or Saturday, I can't remember, but it really began to resonate in my heart is this one. In um, Matthew chapter 5, I think it is, Matthew chapter 5, and verse 10, Jesus said this. He was talking about the Beatitudes. I think it's verse 5. Is it verse 5? Let me check quickly. Don't want to, don't want to lead you astray here. Yes, Matthew chapter 5, exactly right. Here we go. So in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10, in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said this, Blessed, comforted by inner peace and God's love, so that, that's experiencing peace and love, are those who are persecuted for doing that which is morally right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. So in Mentoring Monday today, we're talking about the leaders' tests and trials. And as a leader, you've got to know that you are going to face tests and trials. You're going to face times when persecution comes. You're going to face times when it seems overwhelming, when uh, people come against you. And most of the time, it's not out there. It's within. It's people that you trust, people that you rely on, people that you believe in, that you love. And they're going to come, they come against you, especially when you begin to lead. You understand, it's not because, oh, look, you know, nobody likes me. That's part of the, that's just part of the package. People don't like everybody. It's like I always say, you know, you can please some people some of the time, but everybody all the time. You can also manipulate some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. Some people are going to, there are, is going to be a large portion of people that are going to see you for who you are. But I want to talk about today a little bit about the leader's journey. Don't let your tests and trials define you. Many people allow the tests and trials to define them. And so what they do is they begin to create a profile for themselves, which is defensive. So they create this thing. They don't trust people. They don't allow people into their life. They, the leaders begin to not be authentic about who they are. And so you, they, they get this aloofness, this superiority. Really what it is, is defense. It's not, a, it's not because they're more spiritual, more anointed or anything. It's just because they have created around themselves a defense shield, a defense wall. And on Saturday, I spoke about in Sean's Leadership Mentoring Group, I spoke about building relationships or building your marriage as a bridge, not a wall. The same principle applies to leadership. When you're building a wall, it's temporary. When you build a bridge, it takes time, it takes effort, it's strength, it looks good, um, it stands as a symbol of strength, and it actually uh, does a great job. A wall uh, it can be very temporary, and it's not hard to build a wall. I was building walls when I was nine years old. So <laughs> let me say this to you. Build bridges, and, but don't build defense mechanisms. Don't build your defense around you so that people can't reach you. Building walls doesn't. Build bridges. Bridges is relationships. Relationships of, of who you are and your authentic sense of purpose. You don't need to borrow from your, your, the strength or the power of a title and a position and of, your, of your associations. Who you are needs to be who you are. And that's who people want to touch. The Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. The Holy Ghost in you. The gift that's in you. The sense of purpose in you. You don't need more than that. You don't need more than that. Any more than that. And you are stepping into a pharisaical kind of leadership rather than 
yeah, religious uh, re uh, leadership rather than a kingdom re relationship. So going back to verse 10, in, um, in the Message Bible, listen to this. In the Message Bible, he says this. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. What I'm trying to say is, is that persecution and tests and trials on its own doesn't say anything. But when the persecution and tests and trials come because you are making a stand, because you have a value system, it comes because you are a kingdom person. It comes because you make a stand with a kingdom purpose, with a kingdom set of values, with a kingdom mindset. Jesus was persecuted because they wanted him to be a kind of king that was political. And so what they did was they wanted him to usher in a political system, a political kingdom that would overthrow the Romans. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's not, it's not visible. It's, not, it's an invisible kingdom. I'm not of this world. And Pilate said, are you king? He said, yes. The, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, the, the religious institution of the day, hated him for that. They thought he was going to bring in, and you know, a, a physical kingdom. The people did. That's why they all, Hosanna, yet comes the, the, the one in the name of David's throne and all the rest of it. But when they saw that he wasn't bringing in that kingdom, they said, crucify him. Crucify him by instigation of the religious leaders of the day. Jesus didn't come to bring a physical kingdom. He came to bring an invisible kingdom, the kingdom of God. And, and, but he represented that kingdom and they persecuted him for it. They crucified him for it. They tried to stone him for it. They tried to throw him over a cliff for it. But they couldn't do that because he was a kingdom person. You understand? He was a kingdom leader and he was a king. Of course, the Pharisees hated that. They said, this king shouldn't be coming from, uh, you know, Nazareth. What, what comes from Nazareth? But um, they missed the whole point. They missed the, this king coming, introducing an invisible kingdom. You represent an invisible kingdom. You represent the kingdom of heaven. You represent a different country. And so your priorities, your foundation, your values, your leadership style, not style, your leadership character, your leadership perspective is going to be so different to everybody else. And that's when you get persecuted. You know, I've experienced how people want to cut off your head because you come and you, just by who you are, you're challenging the system. You're challenging what they rely on. You're challenging the status quo. You're challenging the model that they've always, you know, lived for. And when you begin to challenge thrones, <laughs> other king's thrones, you're in trouble. When Jesus was, went to Herod, Herod was like, first he kill all the babies, you know, because we don't want any other king. Who can be king of the Jews except Herod? Such, such insecurity. And, and then when he, when he couldn't find that king, Jesus has to appear before him and he mocks him and whatever else. He says, you don't look like a king at all. He said, he could feel uh, comfortable in his little uh, pleasure and his little entitlement thinking that this wasn't a threat to him. Now he was happy. You know, it doesn't look like a threat. Of course, it was the greatest threat <laughs> simply because it was the kingdom of God. It was the king of the universe. 
the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven represented by the influence of the kingdom of God, represented by a king on his doorstep and he didn't even see it. Now, the same going to go for you. The more you stand in, the more you walk in kingdom principles, the more you walk in the kingdom value system, the kingdom constitution, the kingdom law, the more you have a kingdom perspective. In other words, the more grounded you are in kingdom, the more tests and trials are going to come. They're going to come. And that's when you need to face the fact is that you've got to know who you are. You're going to have to walk lonely sometimes. You're going to have to walk without clarity in everything sometimes. It's just going to be times like that. Sometimes it's going to seem like the process of of trials and tests and pressure and and uh, you know stress is going to be overwhelming. But walk through it. But don't let it define you. Your purpose defines you, not the tests and the trials, not the process, not the 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 pressure. The purpose. Kingdom is about purpose. Kingdom is the purpose. And I love what the Message Bible says here. When your commitment to God provokes com, um, provokes persecution, it says the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. He was talking to people. that Well, the people didn't quite get it, but he was talking to disciples mainly here. He was focused on them and he's going, you have come and embraced the king, therefore you've embraced the kingdom, therefore you embrace uh, the principles, you embrace the keys, the mysteries of the kingdom. All right. And then he goes on to say, he says, and and when you, you're going to face persecution, but when you do face persecution because of your commitment to the kingdom, then the persecution needs to drive you or will drive you even deeper into God's kingdom. And that's what we've got to resolute, resolute in our own heart, resolute, resolute in our own heart, is that when trials, pressure, stress comes, when tests come, when, when that process of pressure is, is, you know, pressurizing us, is that we don't allow that to define us, but we'll press deeper into our purpose in the kingdom of God. Another translation says it like this. How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right. (laughs) You see, we can do a lot of things. Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, he said, "Many, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. And he said, depart from me, I never knew you. Just doing the right things. He said, they will say, did we not prophesy in your name, do signs and wonders and miracles in your name? And he said, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, you lawless ones. You worked outside of what is right, really. That's what it is. And we've got to realize is that um, when we, when we, let me say this. The kingdom of heaven is the place where our government resides. The kingdom of God is the influence of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Your kingdom come, your will be done. As we get our minds renewed and we step into a commitment of the kingdom of God, that's where the will of God can be fulfilled. In the rule, the domain, the reign of God. I'm using the terms, I know many people walk in it without even understanding that, but I want you to understand clearly is that the will of God is done in the rule of God, done in the kingdom of God. So when you're walking out the will of God, you're walking in the kingdom of God, when you're walking in the kingdom of God, that's where you find, discover, and live out the will of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
So he says, for doing, you, you get persecuted and you get, you bear wounds <laughs> for being persecuted for doing what is right. For that is when you experience the realm of God, heaven's kingdom. It's not just experiencing it, but because you, because you need to understand. Okay, let me go down a little further here. I want you to see this as well. If you're still with me, it's great. In verse 20 of the same chapter, verse 20 of the same chapter, in the, in the, let's read in the Message Bible. He says this, um, but take it seriously. Show the way for others and you will honor, find honor in the kingdom. Unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matters of right living, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. So, so remember Jesus in chapter 6, he went on to say, that uh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, he was actually contrasting then the world's way of thinking and the kingdom way of thinking. And he said, what you've got to do is seek first as priority. And the priority of that, that word there in first, seek first, is um, the word, um, I can't remember the word. But anyway, me in the Greek, <laughs> just off the top of my head, um, uh, Proton, proton, that's what the word is. P-R-O-T-O-N, proton, means the, the order of first things. The order, the first order of things is to seek the rule, the dominion, the reign of God. First seek that place where you, are, you step into God's government, all right? First that place. When you're suffering persecution, the wounds of persecution, etc., you've got to understand that's the place of safety. That's the place of where you're a citizen of the kingdom and really, is it doesn't matter what they do to you, you are secure in who you are. You're a son of the kingdom of God. You're a, you're a citizen of the kingdom, a son of the family. It doesn't matter what they do to the physical. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what goes on around you. You are secure in who you are. It's not your title, not your position. It's secure in who you are. It doesn't matter where you're going in the world, what you're facing in the world. It doesn't matter what kind of persecution you could face. You are secure. And, and when those wounds come, it presses you deeper into the kingdom. You know, when you're persecuted for that commitment, you press deeper into it. It solidifies even deeper. This is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is who I represent and what I represent. But he goes on to say, Jesus went on to say, unless you do far better than the Pharisees in the matter of right living or in righteousness, another translation says, you won't know the first thing about entering the kingdom. In the Amplified Version, he says, um, unless your righteousness is more than that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, their, their um, uh, righteousness was based upon what they did and how they did it and how good they were. But our righteousness... Your righteousness as a disciple, as a citizen of the kingdom, your righteousness is established upon what he, he does and what he has done. You are related rightly. They were trying to relate to God through Moses, through the law of Moses. And they were trying to get people to relate to God, more to them, but to God through the laws and the obligations they laid out. That's why Jesus said, you know, the, the burden they lay on you, the, the yoke they lay on you is heavy. It's tiring. It wears you out. You're worn out because of that, because of that heavy obligation and standards and laws they lay on you. But he said, my yoke 
Come learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come learn of me. Come, come yield to me. Come discover me. Come into where I'm leading you, which is the kingdom of God. Come to me as a king. I am there giving you righteousness. Align right with me. And then we, we discover as we go into the new covenant, more and more we discover that, you know, him who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. That's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And so you do face persecution. You do face, you know, you bear the wounds and scars many times of persecution, of tests and trials and pressures and, and accusation and criticism and judgment. If you're doing anything for the kingdom, you will be criticized. You will be condemned. You will be judged because you don't fit into the normal process of things. You don't fit into the status quo. <laughs> Don't try so hard to fit in that you don't stand out, but don't try so hard to stand out that you don't fit into the kingdom. That's really a bit of a philosophy of leadership thinking there. So I really want to encourage you is that you're going to face tests and trials, but this is what he says. And remember, he says, if, if your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and that of the scribes, he said, if it doesn't, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. They, were, they weren't experiencing persecution because they, their righteousness was established upon their own deeds, popularity with the crowds. Uh, we see that over and over again. They were more interested in how the crowds liked them than they were anything else. If as a leader, as a kingdom leader, let persecution and the, the wounds of persecution drive you deeper into the conviction into the purpose, into the values, into un your understanding of what um, kingdom is. I want to bring out another scripture lastly here to you. And I, I brought it, I, I can't remember, did I do it yesterday? I can't remember. Anyway, I, I couldn't upload yesterday's Sunday message, live broadcast message onto the podcast simply because the, um, <laughs> well, I forgot to press the record button and now Facebook won't let me download the teaching. Isn't that sad? All right. In, in chapter 13 of Matthew, he, Jesus speaking about the, um, the message of the kingdom. And he goes on. He says, listen then to the meaning of the parable of the sower. Verse 18. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom or the message of the kingdom and does not understand and grasp it, the evil one comes and snatches away, etc., etc. But the one I want you to see is that uh, in verse, mm, verse 21, verse 20, the one on whom seed was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and at once welcomes it with joy. What word? The word of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, the heralding of the message of the kingdom, which Jesus brought all the time. Please, I'm not trying to harp on something that's like obscure and I'm, you know, bringing in new her heretical teaching that I've been accused of. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm really wanting you to focus on the fact of what Jesus actually taught. It said, you can please go and read the Gospels. Just 
You know, go onto your laptop or your computer or take your Bible and go look up from, Je- from um, Matthew right through the New Testament, if you like, but especially in the Gospels. Go and look up every time Jesus mentioned or the Bible mentions the word kingdom in the New Testament. Every time Jesus mentioned the word kingdom. Paul, and it was mentioned in Acts and it was mentioned, you know, Paul mentioned it a few times as well. And in Revelation, it says we are the ki- a kingdom of priests and um, kings and priests unto our God. So I'm not trying, I'm just trying to bring a focus to you that that this is so different to the normal message, so different to, to what we just normally carry out in our lives. I want you to see that as a leader, because wherever you are, and I'm speaking specifically to you in Mentoring Monday, is that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I, we've got missionaries in Africa on the line here, we've got just people that doing a job, people that are actually working to make an impact, bringing transformation to society, to their culture, wherever they are. That These are the people that are listening, people that want to make a difference, people that are out there making a difference. You might not know their name, you might never see them, but they are making a difference. And and these are people that I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to the to leaders that are not looking for celebrity status but and want to be a boss, but those that actually want to be catalysts of transformation. And I'm saying to you is that if you walk in these things, if you walk in this principle, if you walk in this mindset, this concept, this paradigm that Jesus introduced to us, repent. This the scripture I use all the time. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your thinking for God's government is here. The king is here introducing the government of God. That's really what Jesus was saying. And so we, and then he began to preach that all the time. So I, I cannot emphasize this enough is that I want you, I'm going to repeat it until we get it through into people's thinking. It becomes the foremost thing because Jesus said that he didn't say, seek ye first the church or seek ye first the bishop or seek ye first the gift. He said, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. That is the order of first things. Seek the rule, the reign, the dominion, the authority, the power of the king of glory, the king of kings, the almighty king. First, seek his, seek his kingdom, his domain. And he says, and being aligned in, in, in right relationship with him, all these things shall be added unto you. So I'm saying all that because I really, I don't want you to get an idea that I'm trying to, you know, anyway, I'm not going to explain that all the time. So he who, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and then he goes, he says, the one on whom seed was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears that word and at once welcomes it with joy. Many go, "Woo, this is wonderful. I mean, the kingdom is it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's a wonderful thing is when you understand kings and kingdoms, when you understand the kingdom of God, I'm telling you, it's a wonderful thing. I'm just really learning now. But he goes on to say, yet he, ha- um, um, yet he has no substantial root in himself but it's only temporary. And when pressure or persecution comes because of the word of the kingdom, immediately he stumbles and falls away, abandoning the one who is the source of salvation. Glory to God. Abandoning the king who brings that message to your heart. There is a place where when pressure, persecution comes because of the word of the kingdom, you stumble and you fall away. And you abandon the king. The Message Bible, let's read what the Message Bible says. And he says, 
The seed cast in the, in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there's no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. You see, that's what Jesus was saying. When, when persecution, pressure, tests and trials come, it will press you deeper into the kingdom. For those that hear it, he's talking to his disciples. He said to them, he said, you've been given insight. You've embraced this, but others haven't. And so others are going to you know, fall away. They're going to abandon and the emotions are going to wear off and difficulty arrives and, and there's nothing to show for it. No harvest, no produce, no fruit of the kingdom. The kingdom of God will produce fruit in your life. Another translation says this. The seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. God help us that we don't have shallow experience of the kingdom of God, that we actually press in and that we actually begin to embrace the values and all that the kingdom of God is, that we embrace the rule, the dominion of God so that we can begin to rule and, and have dominion in the earth and in the world and in the systems of the world, that we actually begin the begin to be the transformational agents that make a difference in the world because the kingdom of God is within us. God help us to not be shallow. Shortly after verse 21, he hears it. Troubles and persecution come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. Please allow the kingdom of God to settle in your heart. Allow the message to go deep into your spirit. Please meditate on these scriptures. Please, please allow it. Jesus, I mean, you know, if, if we go back a little bit, oh, I've got so much I want to share with you, and I just don't know if I can share it all. But Jesus said in verse 11 to 15 to the disciples in the same chapter, he says, you've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift, this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But If there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories, to create readiness, to nudge the people towards receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. And, you know, that's what I'm wanting to do right now. I'm wanting to get your heart ready for the insights and understandings. We need to praise that we'll have insight into God's kingdom, that we'll know how it works. It's not church. Listen to me. It's not the organizational structure. It's not a flow chart. It's not positions and titles. That's what the Pharisees and the scribes thought it was, the Sadducees. That's what the general public in Israel thought it was. They did, couldn't get it. But we need to understand, we, we need to cry out to God and say, God, give us insight into your kingdom. To know how it works, to have this gift, this insight. Let it be given to us so that when someone, when we have a ready heart, the insights and understandings will flow freely. We'll understand the gifts and we'll, I mean, not the gifts, the keys and the mysteries. It's been given to you. You're on this live broadcast because you're in this group because you believe that. 
Because you believe there's insights into the kingdom that you can glean, that you can gain, that you can have. But if there's no readiness or any trace of receptivity, soon will disappear. I'm here just as a catalyst, just to, to begin to create an environment, an atmosphere, to create readiness to nudge you towards receptive insight. So, so that when you face the tests and trials and persecutions, it's so deeply embedded in you that it just presses you deeper. The more the world, the more the culture, the more the, the environment, the more the systems of the world, you know, the economy, the politics, the craziness, the violence, the anger, the hate, the, you know, the, the, the whatever's going on out there pressures you. The deeper you will press into the kingdom message of and understanding the insights, the values of the kingdom of God, the more the king will reign and rule in your heart to be the kingdom of God that you begin to press against all those things and begin to live out the kingdom influence, the kingdom values that you begin to live out, not church. You understand? You are the church. I'm not disparaging church. I'm saying you are the church. Our meetings are not going to make any difference to the world. It's what is birthed out of the rule and the reign of God's kingdom, of his kingship in you. That's going to begin to manifest and make a difference in the community around you. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. When you're facing tests and trials, you will face tests and trials. But it comes because of the kingdom message that's within you. It comes because you are committed to him as king. And because you're committed to him as king. You know, religion will capitulate easily. They will compromise. Compromise never gets you anywhere. It's when you make a stand. It may be lonely. <laughs> it may be hard. But don't let that Define who you are. Let the kingdom, let your, your place in God's kingdom constantly define who you are. Press deeper. Press deeper into who he is and into his kingdom. I hope these scriptures encourage you and give you some insight. Uh, I know I share, you know, I share a lot around them because I, I'm, so, I'm so eager. I so want to see you come into this with me. Because it's not what we get, it's what we do for the generations. It's what we actually, how we impact the world. The world is looking for a new government. That's why they're trying to overthrow government. They, they don't know what they're looking for. Everything has failed them. They're looking for the kingdom of God. That's what they're looking for, a new government. Not, not, not a, a physical government to be replaced here. And that's not what I'm talking about. They really need the government of the kingdom of heaven in their lives. When they understand that government then everything becomes to peace, comes to righteousness, comes to joy. <laughs> that's what happens when the governor of heaven comes into our lives. All right. So that's what I wanted to share with you today on Mentoring Monday. Leaders, you're going to face tests and trials, but let it press you deeper into the kingdom of God. Let that commitment press you deeper. Don't um, be those that, that in fact, um, move away in... in um, Chapter 13, you know, so that we lose the emotion, we lose the, the excitement or whatever. Don't, don't let it be a deep character thing. Let it mold you, fashion you. Let it begin to speak to you. Embrace it with all your heart. Begin, get a real mind. That's why Paul says you've got to be renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot be conformed to the, to the culture of this land, of this earth, of this world. 
you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that renewing is into the kingdom of God that you may prove what is good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. All right. So that's what I wanted to share with you. Thank you for being with me today. I really, really appreciate you hopping on every single one of you. Um, you're a blessing. And uh, until next time, God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.